It's time for America's six favorite Georgia Bulldogs football podcast. That's right. It's the Dogs on Top, Even on Bottom podcast. Without further ado, here's Matt and Kyler with another week of reflection on Georgia Bulldogs football and poor life decisions. All right, Dogs fans, fans of all kinds. Yes, we're an all-inclusive college football podcast and we get down on all the teams, but you know, there's just one team that may be a little bit more near and dear to our hearts. So that's why we call it the Dogs on Top, Even on Bottom podcast. As always, my partner in crime, Kyler Carr, on the other side of the fence. You know, the guy, what was the guy's name from Home Improvement that, that would show up? You watched that show back in the day, KC? Tim Allen. Uh, this is the name of the guy. I think that's the actor's name. I'm not sure if that's uh, the uh, the character's name, but I think he was Tim in the show too. Well, uh, yes, I know Tim the Toolman Taylor. Obviously, the that's his name is Tim Allen's name. But I'm talking about the guy who was over the fence. His, his you never saw you never saw no 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 the guy who was like his next door neighbor. You never saw his face. Yeah, whatever that guy's name is, Wilson. Wilson. All right, you're my, you're like the, you know, I'm the Wilson to your Tim, or you're the Wilson to my Tim. Whatever you say, like, that's what I'm getting at. All right, <laughs> Kyler, how are you, my my friend? Hey, doing great. Um, just, you know, fired up right now. Uh, college football's in full swing. Um, we had another exciting weekend um, of football. Um, Played a played a great game. The the Georgia Bulldogs did against Missouri, and um, you know that's a good team over there in Missouri. And I'm just you know fired up for you know how that team um, kind of came through with with some adversity and and just really rallied and, and responded and uh, you know came out victorious. Um, you know as Kirby always says, you know any win in the SEC you know is a good win. Um, it's always going to be a physical game, and um, we we had a test on our hands, and I feel like. Missouri doesn't get enough credit out there, um, at least amongst the, you know, the, you know, people that are talking a lot of smack out there um, about the dogs, you know, already saying that we're going to lose to Ole Miss. So all of this has just got me, you know, fired up for, for the week ahead and, and just, you know, grateful for, you know, being able to pull out a W against a quality, quality uh, Missouri team. You know, I think it kind of gets understated because the bottom line is Georgia has to live up to the ghosts of their past and recent past. But anytime you go out and you beat a top 15 team, whether it's home or on the road, late in the season, like these are the games that separate you. And the bottom line is no matter how we take care of business, the bottom line is we are taking care of business. And while I do think that there are things that we should, and we're going to talk about it in just a second. We'll get into it, you know, right after I finish this little spiel. But the bottom line is, I think the big thing from a 50,000 foot view vantage point uh, to take away from the weekend is, yeah, is that Georgia just continues to take care of business, continues to move forward. And it's remarkable 26 games straight. Uh, closing in on the SEC all-time record. Uh, it's just wild. It's wild to think about that um, basically the dogs are on the doorstep of history. And the bottom line is you don't win 26 games straight dominantly. There's only so many teams that do it. And 
in order to do it, you have to win a lot of difficult, tough games. And especially now, uh, we talked about how Oklahoma's won 40, has a 47 game win streak from like 50 to 52. But at that time, they might not have seen some of the best teams in the country year in, year out. And so uh, the ability to keep that winning streak, it's a little bit different. Now the college football playoff, you know, if you're undefeated and you're Georgia, you're going to be meeting number two or number three, probably number four to begin. And then you're going to be needing number two or number three. It's like, you're going to have to prove that year in, year out. And now we're going on almost three years being unbeaten. It's just, it's insane. So uh, the haters like keep hating. It doesn't really matter, but let's do, let's, let's hate a little bit, Kyler uh, more critique. Cause I think we, we got nothing but love for the Bulldogs, but as well, if we are going to get back to the national championship game, um, there are some things that I think we need to work on. Uh, what did you see, though, from the game? And, I mean, you could start off with the things you like, but uh, but why don't we why don't we get to the bad stuff first, and then we'll talk about what we like. Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to, you know, kind of highlight some of the things that, that we can work on. I think that's a good way to kind of start off. Um, you know, we didn't have a ton of success uh, on the ground at all times. Um, I felt like you know, there were, you know, some missed blocking assignments, that kind of thing, but – um, at the end of the day, I did see a lot of quality things, you know, from that running back position. Um, you know, Dejan and Kendall both kind of split that load and, and uh, had, had some quality runs when we needed them. But uh, definitely, you know, some improvement there on the offensive line. And, and you know, I think the offensive line is going to improve um, as you know, someone like Amarius Mims comes back into the fold and um, will give that give that offensive line a, a bit of a boost. Um, but I was a little bit disappointed and in, 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 uh in the offensive line and, and, you know, not being able to, to get some tough yards here and there. Um, I still have some, some issues with, uh, you know, and, and I, I'm like the biggest Carson back supporter, you know, from, from early on, but these deep balls, I really, I really want to hit more deep balls. Um, you know, with, a, with a guy like Carson back, I, I feel like it, it's a timing thing. And, and I think that that will come um, in due time. You know, once he kind of, can start hitting those kind of balls. I feel like we're going to, we're going to be okay. Um, you know, with this offense and that'll, you know, hopefully open up some things with, uh, with the run game as well. So um, just need that threat to, to keep those safeties honest and, and so that we can, you know, be, be a real threat on the ground at all times. Um, uh, and then just overall with the offense, uh, I want to see the, you know, in the red zone, um, you know, not having to settle for as many field goals. And, and thank goodness we do have um, a really good kicker. Um, you know, hasn't missed in, in quite some time. I think that he's 85% um, uh, on all of his kicks this year. And, and you know, if, that, if you take that average, um, you know, that percentage is, is the, it would be the best of any kicker to ever kick at the University of Georgia. So, um, you know, our, our kicker's doing great things. So got to be pleased with that. I thought that uh, on the defensive side of the ball that, you know, we didn't really maintain our rushing lanes in, in the pass rush. And so I felt like uh, Brady Cook was able to really take advantage um, of that and, and get up the field. And it really looked like C.J. Stroud out there against us in the in the semifinals of the playoffs last year. So it really, really gassed us on the ground from, from time to time, which was a little bit 
troublesome um, there. Um, Cody Schrader, you know, was able to get get a touchdown as well on the ground. So um, there's still improvement out there, but you know, I, I am very pleased with the uh, you know with the response of this team and, and the and the adjustments. Um, you know, to, to take away what they did do the best, which is Luther Burden, he had one really big play, and that that's just about it um, out of him. You know, I think that 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 was crucial, and and then when they came down and kind of gashed us on the ground in the second half, um, you know, the, the, the leadership that we had um, from, from guys like Cedric Van Brand saying, don't worry, defense, we got your back. I mean, that those are the crucial things that bring a team together. And I think that we're, you know, going to continue to improve. Um, you know, that that's a really good Missouri team, um, you know, and, uh, you know, they were able to dial up some pressure against Carson Beck too. Um, I feel like a lot of his, you know, what could have been deep shots, he had people right there in his face. And so, um, but overall, you've got to, you got to respect this win. And um, I thought the dogs did a, did an outstanding job. Um, You know, like I mentioned, making the adjustments in the second half um, to to win the second half by nine points. So um, I'm pleased overall, but, you know, give me kind of your, your thoughts. I mean, you know, what did you see that you thought kind of went poorly for the dogs, um, and then what went well, too. Yeah, Kyler, in a lot of ways, I think I echo many of your sentiments. Um, You know, we need to be better in the run game, and I think you talked about red zone woes. It all kind of correlates with one another. Uh, We don't have the ability to get tough short yardage. Um, When we're in short yardage situations, I feel like we don't do a great job of of moving the chains and the bottom line is especially when we're down and all of a sudden the field is tightened on us it it, yeah the ability we like running this kind of more wide open scheme and i think it's in tight you got to fit in tighter windows i don't think it works that well we need to have a power running attack to complement uh, the abilities that we have in the passing game, because I think nobody should be uh, upset with what Carson Beck overall is doing. Although you did make a great point, the deep ball needs to be there. I think what I saw more so was a point that you made as well was the offensive line just not protecting him. And so I feel like he sailed some, but as well, I went back and rewatched it and it's like he had somebody in his face. His timing was off. And uh, I've made a point that I feel like most of the games this season, our offensive line has actually done an incredible job of protecting Carson Beck. I feel like this was one of the first games where we saw a little bit of a crack maybe in that. But to your point, we've got some guys out. We're going to be getting some guys healthy. Amaris Mims is probably our best offensive lineman and probably the guy that's I mean, it's it's arguable, but he certainly is is up there to be the highest drafted offensive lineman in this Georgia um, class. I mean, it's it's up there that he could be a first round pick, just given certain variables. And, you know, he he grades out really well in the combine. I mean, he's there. There are certain things about him that like raw talent wise. So, I mean, there's reasons why we can be hopeful and there's reasons why, Hey, this is a problem, but we feel like we can correct it. Um, on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. I, I think it's hard. You know, I think that 
I think that I saw a lot of good plays out of our secondary, but when you're playing against a, a really talented team that can spread you out like that, it is just really difficult to stop that in college football. And so I think holding a team like Missouri to 21 points, while it's maybe not the Georgia standard that we've seen, it's still a hell of a you know compliment to our defense. Um, and yeah, I mean, the the one issue that I think we have is losing Demond Jumas Johnson to a, to a fractured arm. And I mean, I hope that we have him back by the playoffs and I, hopefully we get there because he he does bring some sort of leadership that um, that was you know I think invaluable to our team. Even though we do have, I feel like some real talented players um, you know behind him. And you know you think back to last year we had Nolan Smith who unfortunately had a season-ending injury and he was another guy who was a very you know as much as he did things on the field for us he also was a huge vocal leader and just like a leader you know, of, of our team. And the bottom line is he was right there. And he, I feel like still provided support, even though it was from the sidelines. And I would expect the same from DeMond Jumas Johnson. And so uh, bottom line is, you know, he's going to be out there. He's going to be supporting his teammates and making sure that the next guy up is in his best possible position so that he can be a success. Um, And so, yeah, um, things that I liked. I feel like Carson Beck uh, was a really good steward of the ball. Uh, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but like 254 yards, not an insane amount. Although I saw some stat that it was like eight uh, eight straight games where he's had that and no other quarterbacks done that in SEC history or nine straight games, something like that. Uh, but like he just, he, he distributes. And I feel like as much as he may have been off on some deep balls, there were a few, and especially in the second half, I mean, he hit Lad McConkey on a real deep, uh, route, like probably 25 yards down the field, right on the money. Um, and I feel like he, but he's, he protects the ball. He's safe with the ball. He, I mean, he's thrown some interceptions, but doesn't really put us in a, like a terrible position. And, that this was the type of game that Georgia, honestly, I feel like we want to play. Like we, we want to score touchdowns and put the game away. And I think that obviously Kirby would say that, but with the exception of the inability to kind of like get, get sevens instead of three, I think this is exactly the type of game that Georgia wants to play. It's like, we know that we're not going to, stop them every time, but we're going to play like a bend don't break mentality and they're going to score some touchdowns, but that's just the nature of college football. And, but we are going to stop them enough and our offense is going to, you know, march down the field and put up points, hopefully in a way that um, allows us to just make enough stops to win the game. And, you know, the big thing was the turnovers, you know, forcing Missouri into a few turnovers. As long as we protect the ball, we win the turnover battle. We're going to flip some points on them at some point. And that's enough, I think, for Georgia to win any game this season. Uh, the only thing that would be the caveat to this is we got to put sevens, not threes. So, um, yeah, that I think is, to me, the biggest glaring issue that is um, – that is like worrisome, like, oh God, like if we play Alabama or something, 
are, are we going to be able to score enough? Cause we also have shown that we're vulnerable against a running quarterback. And so we got to figure that out too. Although I think we'll play a little bit more aggressively against Jalen Milrow because I don't think we probably respect him as much as a, as a passer as we did Brady cook, but that's just my feelings. Um, any other thoughts on the game? Yeah. I mean, looking at the, you know, kind of, yeah, you know, the the final score, you know, you think, oh, we gave up three touchdowns, which is not good for a Georgia defense. You know, we're we're used to, you know, giving up 13, 14, 15 points a game, right? But I mean, yeah, they only had two touchdowns on us. I think that kind of gets lost in looking at the scoreboard, but you know, they have one of the top kickers, you know, in the in the country, but you know, those two touchdowns, right? Like uh, you know, 39-yard touchdown to, to the Luther Burden. Um, you know, bid no break kind of philosophy, but they, you know, they got that one. You know, we had a guy try to make a play on it, but we just couldn't. Um, so, um, you know, hats off to them for, you know, scheming up a play for their star player to get a touchdown. And then, you know, I will say that they kind of dominated us on the on the other touchdown drive in the second half. So, but, you know, taking out those two drives, which were both really good drives by Missouri. You know, both were um, 75-yard drives um, for their team. So, um, I, I was I was pleased with, you know, I'm just giving up two touchdowns and kind of having that bend on break philosophy, um, knowing that our offense will go out there and score points as well. Um, but, you know, just some other key takeaways. Uh, I did want to kind of highlight some some guys that I, I thought that that played well. Uh, I thought uh, you know, it was good to see C.J. Allen and Raylan Wilson both rotating in at the inside linebacker position. Uh, I think Jalon Walker, Jalen Walker, he continues to, you know, kind of be that. Nolan Smith type presence down there off the edge, um, you know, starting to make some plays down there. Um, and, and Julian Humphrey, I thought that that was kind of, this is one of his sort of you know, coming out parties, so to speak. Um, you know, we're able to trust him um, out there covering some of their receivers. Um, you know, tough matchup with a guy like Theo Weiss. Um, you know, guy was a five-star all-world um, wide receiver coming out of high school. Um, so he really stepped up to that task. Kamari Lasseter being able to, essentially switch positions, um, you know, uh, mid-season. I mean, I'm sure that everybody is cross-trained in the defensive backfield. Um, I know, you know Kirby is a big proponent of that on the defensive side of the ball and cross-training everybody. But uh, for him to go in and, and, and you know, lock up on a guy like Luther Burden to play that that uh, nickel star position um, for us, I thought that, that was absolutely massive. But, um, you know, I just wanted to point out some of those kind of, you know, key – performances there on the defense and then on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I really feel like uh, you know, Kendall Milton's finally getting back to his form. I saw some power runs. I saw him really start to, to glide a little bit out there. Um, and so uh, it's great to see him continue to improve and, and get healthy and, and you know, contribute in a big way to this team. Um, and then Lam McConkey uh, continues to be great you know, for, for this offense. I think that everyone kind of, kind of, knows that his ability, but it's just good to see another person that's uh, on the mend, getting healthy, making this team better. Um, and I think the same is going to happen when Amarius Mims and, you know, don't say it now, but old, old Brocky Bowers, uh, you know, enter back into the fold. You know, this team uh, could peak at the right time, have all the talent in the world to, to make another run at this thing. So um, I'm fired up about it and, and, and pleased with the W we had on Saturday against Missouri. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Kyler. As I said, it kind of opening this whole little section of the show, you got to be happy anytime you extend wins to 26 games, especially against a ranked team. 
uh, when a lot was on the line, the bottom line is we lose this game and all of a sudden Missouri holds everything in there, you know, in there is, is theirs to lose basically. So um, with this game, I think it pretty much eliminates any shot Missouri has at making it to the playoffs, but they're a hell of a team. And the bottom line is if this was a 12 team, um, if this was a 12 team playoff situation, they would be a team that I think at the end of the year might get a long, hard consideration um, just with, yeah, the way that they've played and shown themselves throughout the year. And they get another test against Tennessee. Um, but before we, we switch gears, I just want to say that, uh, yeah, Lab McConkey has really stepped up right when Brock Bowers was out. And it really does look like Brock Bowers, I think, if we can get through at least this week, I mean, it's possible he's back for Tennessee. And if not Tennessee – um, I would expect him back at least by the Alabama game is what it really feels like um, with just what I'm hearing. So bottom line is if he's back by the Alabama game and Lad just continues the way he does, I'm, I'm very excited to see just how you stop these two guys crossing routes down the middle. I mean, what teams try to do, how they're going to scheme around this, because it's going to be a nightmare for teams. And I also think then it opens up a guy like Dominic Lovett to suddenly um, make more plays. Ra-Ra Thomas, Rosemary Jackson, like all these other guys, because you can't, you can't just put two guys on McConkey and Bowers and expect them to, to not, take advantage of that they're they're going to do i mean if you're playing man on man it's not gonna it's not gonna end pretty for you bottom line so and we got a quarterback that can distribute the ball knows where to go with it and so when we get uh you know all of our weapons on the field and we get uh you know tackles that that'll keep our quarterback upright um the distribute distribution of the ball um, it's gonna be unparalleled in kind of what we're able to produce on offense i'm you know fully confident that you know that that's going to happen and you know, going back to Carson Beck, I mean, I, I just want someone to tell me, you know, when he had a bad game. You know, I think he's the only quarterback this year to not have what I would consider a bad game. Um, you know, Caleb Williams, I've seen him throw three picks. I've seen, you know, Michael Penix um, ha- have bad games. Um, you know, it, it's Kyle McCord, he's had many bad games. Drew Aller had a bad game. You know, it's it's amazing what he's been able to do and the consistency of it. Um, and I know that we look at that stat line and say, you know, that that's not his greatest game or whatever, two TDs, 250 plus yards, but there was a time, um, you know, in our program where, where that's not a bad stat line um, for our quarterback. And so um, I just hope that we continue to build on this success. This is a special season. Carson Beck's a special quarterback. We've got special weapons coming back. Um, and, I believe this is going to be another special season for the dogs. So I'm fired up, man. Yeah, I think we – you made the point. We have the potential to peak at the right time. We have the potential to kind of get healthy, get back, and possibly be almost at full strength by the time the playoffs rolls around or maybe even before for the SEC championship game. We know Bama's looking looking pretty good. So um, we'll talk maybe about them first. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, just to finish the point with Carson Beck right now, 
He's seventh in odds for the Heisman. So, you know, he's not out of it, Kyler. There, there is still uh, the guys that make these odds. They know what they're talking about, and they're giving him the seventh best chance. And you've got an Ohio State, Florida State, Michigan, LSU, Oregon, Washington. You know, Marvin Harrison or J.J. McCarthy probably will go much lower on this list just due to one of those teams losing. And then Bo Nix and Michael Penix, I mean, who knows? Michael Penix, I think, right now has the driver's seat, but there is always potential, especially if Bo Nix and Michael Penix, and we're going to talk about this in just a second, but Oregon and Washington, they've got a murderer's row to, to finish up. So, all right, well, let's let's finish up the Missouri game by just saying, hell yeah, dogs, we move on, and there's no rest for the weary take on newly minted number nine Ole Miss this weekend, another huge contest. But we're going to shelve that for the moment, and we are going to talk about what we've been talking about and we're going to probably continue to talk about, which are the teams that still have a shot for the Final Four. Kyler, last week we had a lot of teams, probably too many teams. If you're being really honest, there's probably only the teams with one loss that have a true angle at it, but we're going to keep in a lot of teams. And um, last week we kept in Missouri. They were still alive because they could have beaten the dogs and won out the SEC. And, you know, that would have been great for them, but no, alas. We had LSU just due to the fact that uh, their win at Missouri and their potential to beat Alabama and you know possibly meet up with georgia and yeah it was there it was on the table they lost to alabama they're out they've had three losses kansas state three losses no ranked wins kyler i went through we're going to talk about ranked wins teams where they have teams left but that's that's kansas state's you know that all the teams they lost to at missouri by three at oklahoma state by eight and at number seven, Texas by three. But like, those are the game. Like, you got to win those games. That's the difference. And you got to win at least two of those games. And if you can't win, you know, maybe be, it would be totally different if they just had only lost to Texas by three. But alas, uh, USC, a similar situation. Although they lost to Notre Dame by twenty-eight, so that pretty much eliminated them. But really, they are uh, they're definitely out after losing to Washington this weekend. A hell of an offensive uh, fire fireworks uh, abound. If you liked offense, that was your game. UCLA, they're out because they lost at Arizona by 17. Oklahoma, I said they're out, Kyler, and maybe we can debate about a few of these. I got Oklahoma out because, you know, the bottom line is they lost at Oklahoma State, and the only games they have left are West Virginia at BYU and TCU. They just don't have the schedule, and there's going to be another two-loss team, I think, that's there. Or if they, there's another two-loss team, there's going to be a team who has a better resume. Um, the other team that I also eliminated, Utah, um, and I eliminated them because of just losses at uh, Oregon State by 14 and Oregon by 29. I just feel like at this point there are enough two-loss teams that they're not going to be able to overcome that. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I agree um, that, you know, we can eliminate, you know, a lot of those teams that, that you mentioned, you know, Oklahoma, I think that they're definitely 
uh, I'm done. Like you mentioned, the schedule um, the rest of the way isn't really there for them. Utah getting beaten in the manner that they got beat um, against Oregon really stands out, um, plus being a, a two-loss team um, definitely doesn't help their case. Um, you know, they, they don't have the, the recency bias or anything really on their side right now, so I think that that kind of hurts them a little bit. Um, yeah, LSU losing last week definitely um, – you know, nicks their their opportunity to, to get there. Missouri as well as part of that crew of, of teams that lost last week that I had shots are, I think, kind of over at this point. Um, I think we can also eliminate a team like Tennessee. Um, you know, I know that there's still probably a mathematical way for them to get there, but you know, that, that gap between us and them, who makes the SEC championship, that's – that's starting to, to get wider and wider. So uh, it could get even wider this weekend with the game against Missouri. But, but yeah, I like the teams that, that you've kind of nixed there. Uh, but who, who do you have that um, you, you think still has a shot that's not one of the obvious teams, some of the obvious teams at least? Well, yeah, I mean, you said you said Tennessee, and I do have them still in. Um, I am fine to, to go ahead and nix them. I do think – I don't know. I, I, I actually think we hold off on Tennessee, and this is why, is that they still have a shot at getting to the SEC championship game. It all comes down to this weekend. If Georgia beats Ole Miss, they're automatically eliminated because no matter what, I feel like for Tennessee to get there, they have to have a championship game against Alabama and avenge one of their losses if they lose to Florida early in the season by 14 at Florida, not the worst loss, definitely not the best loss, but not the worst loss uh, by 14 not great or 13, not great. But if you're talking about, you know, a win at Missouri, a win against Georgia and a win then against Alabama, I do think that there is at least a backdoor potential if somehow – chaos reigns for them to get in now maybe i'm crazy but i feel like we should just leave them for the time being yeah i'm cool with leaving them there for the time being um i you know i think that we both think that you know everything will play itself out um here in the next couple weeks but you know they're definitely still a shot you know if they run the table and we drop that game to Ole Miss um that's uh you know they definitely have an argument as a two-loss team um after Beating a really good Georgia team, good Alabama team, good Missouri, solid Missouri team. So um, resume could be there, uh, but the, those losses, uh, you know, are going to be tough to overcome um, when it's all said and done. So but we'll see. Um, you know, they definitely got their got got a tough little sledding here um, themselves um, to close out the season. So, um, but yeah, now let's leave Tennessee on for the time being for sure. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> It's probably not going to be very long before they're eliminated and quite possibly to do nothing with their own actions. But as I say, if Georgia wins this weekend, they're, I think, automatically out because Georgia clinches the East. And so there's just no chance for them to for them to go out and to beat Alabama and to avenge a loss. I think that's crucial for a two-loss team is to kind of like split a game. And, I mean, there, there are a couple other opportunities. But um, let's start at the top now, and then we'll go down. There are a couple two-loss teams, but we'll get to them. Uh, if things go cleanly, Kyler, it would be FSU, 
winner of Michigan State, Ohio State, Washington, and Georgia, the undefeated teams. If those teams stay undefeated, obviously Michigan or Ohio State cannot. But if ever, you know, winner of that and then everybody else stays undefeated, that's what it's going to be. Um, we don't need to talk or discuss those teams because it's pretty much set in stone. Um, and then after that, maybe it is best to go down to to the bottom and and work our way up. We already talked about Tennessee. Uh, the other, I think there are three other two loss teams with a very outside hanging on a thread type of uh, chance. And those teams are Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State ranked wins uh, Kansas by seven and Oklahoma by three. The worst part is their losses at uh, South Alabama at home by 26, just inexcusable, and at Iowa State by seven. Although both those losses were early on in the year. At UCF, at Houston, BYU. The one knock that I would say against Oklahoma State is their inability to pick up a bunch of ranked wins. Now, if they win out, they have the inside track to play Kansas or to play Texas in the Big 12 championship. And so that would be an opportunity to get a big win uh, against a very good team. But I don't know. I don't know if it will be enough, but I do think that just – because of what we're going to talk about next, which is the Pac-12 um, and the carnage that could happen there, I think that there might be a way for a of just one other conference champion, the Big 12 conference champion, to somehow back their way in. But what do you think? Do you think Oklahoma State is hanging by a thread still? I, I don't think that they necessarily have a have a great shot because once they beat Texas – I feel like that's not going to be as quality of a win as you're going to see from some of the other teams. Like Texas will have two losses and Texas has been struggling with a lot of teams here lately, um, especially with Quinn Ewers out. Um, And so I just don't think it looks as good on the resume to um, go out and get that win against Texas. Um, And, and, but you know, if, if chaos happens, you know, uh, ahead of them and, you know, any, anything can really happen, but um, I just don't see them really having a shot. Um, and not to mention, you know, that, that South Alabama, I know that's a good South Alabama team. They're, they're, they're pretty good, but you know, you're not supposed to lose to South Alabama by that much. And so I think that that kind of is a, it's kind of glaring mark on the resume, um, so to speak. So I, I do, I don't have them very high, um, as far as a likelihood of making the playoffs for myself. Yeah. Uh, as, as we talk through it, I think that there is an idea and this is where honestly a 12 team playoff will be so much more interesting this season because there are teams like that, that are really fascinating, uh, who could really gain momentum at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, you may even put a three loss team when you have a 12 team playoff, because you feel like, I don't know, you feel a little bit more justified to to give it to a team who's surging late rather than a team who did all their work early and is faltering. So I think that's going to be one really interesting thing to, you know, think about and to also see how it happens in the first uh, couple years of the 12 team iteration, because it is going to be a, um, you know, you are going to see teams like an Oklahoma state or a Kansas, which I also left in, but I also kind of think that at this point, 
I, I don't think there's a shot if we're kind of going by that same logic because, listen, Texas is not a bad loss, but by 26, that's a pretty bad loss. And there are other teams with two losses that probably are only going to um, – that have better two losses. And that's actually the next team I'm going to talk about. So are you fine? We're going to go final final call eliminating Kansas and Oklahoma State. I want to eliminate those two. Okay. I agree. We are eliminating those two teams. So, Kyler, our list our list is dwindling down is the bottom line. Uh, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fascinating. But the next team kind of honestly matches the criteria, I believe, of a team that has not terrible losses and are – close losses and also has the ability to pick up a bunch more ranked wins already has some ranked wins on the uh on the calendar if you if you will and that's an Oregon State team who uh finishes out the season with Stanford this weekend and then they get Washington at home followed by going to Autzen in Oregon um their losses are at Washington State never an easy place to play by only 3 and at Arizona, and we know Arizona is a team that's looking much different than they were at the beginning of the year, uh, and they're ranked actually now, I believe, and they only lost to them by three. Uh, and then they have two ranked wins, Utah by 14 and UCLA by 12. So they're a team that already has um, played a lot of good teams and beaten a lot of good teams and also has a two you know, massive matchups. And the bottom line is if they sweep or Washington and Oregon, uh, then they would, I think, have the inside track to play Washington again. And then, you know, if they beat Washington twice, that would be pretty impressive. I think they still have a shot. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, I think that you know, people aren't going to frown on the Washington State loss as much as if that had happened later in the season. It was early in the season on the road. Um, and so – I don't think that's going to nearly hold them back as much. Um, they've had impressive wins against UCLA and Utah. Uh, and then, like you mentioned, yeah, that the, the end of their season is Washington and Oregon, um, you know, who are the considered the two best teams. And so they've got the chance to you know, potentially, you know, knock off Washington twice or if something even crazier happens, maybe, you know, play Oregon again. Um, but, you know, it's most likely if they did run the table, it would be, uh, them in Washington in, in a rematch, which would be you know incredible for them to beat them twice, have that huge win over Oregon. They'll have the resume, I think, to um, garner a, a berth in the playoffs. Agreed. It's an outside shot, but there is a shot, and like we, it really a lot of stuff would have to happen, and I think it would. It is kind of honestly predicated though on Georgia faltering and just like totally you know, losing to Ole Miss and Tennessee and Alabama losing to Auburn and then Alabama beating Georgia or something like that. So then Georgia ends with three losses and it's like you're choosing a two-loss Alabama team with a loss to Auburn versus a two-loss Oregon State team that's like surging. Uh, That is – Pretty much the scenario in which uh, in which you get a uh, a two loss team um, from you know or it would be FSU losing to Miami and Florida um, something crazy like that so 
Oregon State would have to need any of these two, the two two loss teams, both Tennessee and Oregon State, need a lot to happen around them. And, you know, the walls are closing in. All right, let's get to the one loss teams because more often than not, there has been a one loss team in the playoffs. And any number of these one loss teams have a potential shot. Kyler, there are five one loss teams. I'm going to rank them as I see them, and I'm going to see if you agree or if you have a difference, um, the top one loss team I have is Oregon. Uh, they have two ranked wins, Colorado by 36. And I know Colorado is not ranked anymore, but I've took this as they, you know, as the standing stood at the time and at Utah by 29, which is an incredibly impressive win. Their only loss at Washington by three, obviously probably one of the best losses of the year. And the remaining schedule, USC at Arizona State and then Oregon State that they host, which is ranked 16th currently. Uh, so you have the potential to really um, pick up a win uh, for them. And it's to me why I have Oregon as the top ranked team is Truthfully, because they've been just dominant, I feel like, outside of that Washington game. And they really do look like a team that if they beat Washington, they avenge that one loss, it feels like they'll just slot right in to Washington's spot, um, given that Michigan or Ohio State would lose. Now, I don't know, maybe there's an argument to be made that if it's Ohio State, um or Michigan, you allow one of those teams with one loss in, but I don't know. I feel like a, a Pac-12 champion, Oregon, uh, really deserves it given how difficult the Pac-12 is um, over anyone. Um, the second-ranked team I have is Alabama. I feel like they've beaten three ranked wins, Old Miss by 14, Tennessee by 14, LSU by 14. Losses to Texas at home by 10, remaining games at Kentucky, UT Chattanooga at Auburn. Um, more than anything, uh, Alabama is dangerous. I feel like the schedule sets up, they definitely should come in to um, be 11 and 1 and clinch the SEC West. And so, just by that nature um, and just by the health, I have them as second. Um, third, I have Texas, even though they beat Alabama. And if they can run the table, I would put them higher than Alabama at the end of the year. The problem at hand is I don't think they are going to run the table. They just feel like they're kind of running on fumes without Quinn Ewer. So right now, at least, I have them as like the third most likely team to make the um, playoffs. Then the fourth most likely one-loss team I have is Ole Miss. Um, and that's just because – it really comes down to this game and they can backdoor in, they need some things to happen, but if they win at Georgia, that'll be the best win of the year, I think for anyone, even above Alabama. So um, I have them, you know, behind the teams that can possibly win a conference championship. Cause I think it is a real outside chance that Ole Miss still has, but, um, but above Penn state. And that's really just cause I think that, they're not going to win this weekend to Michigan. So um, while I think that, you know, they beat Michigan and all of a sudden all bets are off, I also think if they beat Michigan, then Penn St or, uh, Ohio State turns around and beats Michigan the next week. So, uh, yeah, that's or in two weeks, whatever it is. So 
that's why I have it ranked the way I do. Now, I, I guess I ask it to you. Uh, do you see those five one-loss teams in the same order, or do you have them ranked differently, and why? Um, I, I'm having a you know a tough time with with Oregon and, and where to put them, mainly because, um, you know, some of their big wins might not be such big wins here here soon. You know the. Utah game, uh, if Utah uh, continues to, um, you know, kind of play poorly and, and, and get another loss, that one's not going to look nearly as good. They really, what they really need is Washington to win out up until they play them um, so that they can avenge that loss and it look really good on their resume. But say Washington drops a game against Oregon State, like, and, and they end up beating them. I see a, I see a way that, a, you know, we get two Big Ten teams in there again, potentially. But for right now, just because uh, Washington is is you know hasn't lost a game and that's their one loss, they're they're a high quality team. I, I'm I'm putting Oregon at six, just like you did. Um, and my, my rankings are going to be the same, but I just kind of want to talk about um, each team. I've got Alabama over Texas as well, um, and that's because this is a different team than than yeah who met uh, you know early on in the season. Uh, I think that. Uh, you know, Alabama has been trending one direction. Texas has kind of been yeah, trending the other direction. And so, I, you know, I, I think that, you know, the head-to-head, you know, is not going to play as much of a factor, um, you know, at the end of the season if both teams are, uh, you know, are undefeated. So um, I, I would still put Alabama over Texas, even though they lost to them head-to-head, and as much as that stinks. But uh, I want to see a good opponent out there. I don't want to see a team that's, limping into the, into the playoffs and, um, and they'll have the resume to speak for it. That's better than, than Texas is as well. Um, I personally think so. Um, I've got, I've got Alabama over Texas and then, yeah, got Ole Miss, um, right there after, um, they've, you know, if they win these, this next game against the Georgia Bulldogs, they're obviously going to, going to, you know, vault up the rankings and, and really disrupt some things. Um, so that, that could be absolutely crazy. Um, Penn State got them um, right below um, there. They have a chance to, um, you know, knock off a good Michigan team this weekend. Um, also, that could be pretty disruptive. I think that Michigan's very highly thought of, and so winning that game um, could be a big one, even though Michigan still yet to play a, a decent opponent. It's amazing they've gone, you know, nine games, and, and we can – honestly say that they haven't played a good team yet but uh, I've got Penn State there and then Louisville still with the shot um, to um, to beat Florida State at the, at the end of the season and uh, be a one-loss team with the head over head over them at the very end of the season so um, you know that they still have a shot there to make it if they can knock off Florida State so um, but yeah that's kind of how I see it you know very similar to you um I think the only thing that we kind of differed on is, you know, what happens at the end of the season if, if Texas and Alabama are both um, unscathed moving forward. But, you know, we'll have to see how all of that plays out because, you know, both teams have um, pretty high likelihood of losing another game. And so, um, you know, we'll just have to see how it all plays out. Um, if that if it does come to that with them four and five, I mean, it's just going to be a crazy debate. Um, so we'll have to see um, how everything shakes out. But, but yeah, I would have uh, – I would have Alabama over Texas in the season. Yeah, Kyle, how could I forget Louisville? Uh, they're a team that definitely has potential. Uh, they've done their best work at home against Notre Dame and Duke. 
uh, as ranked wins, but their loss was at Pitt. Pitt's not been great this year, and they lost by 17. So they do have a lot to overcome. A win against FSU might might get them there. And right now, maybe I put them behind Ala, um, or Texas um, just because they have an opportunity of knocking off a, a top four team and being a conference champion, whereas Ole Miss has a more difficult um, opportunity to do that. But that loss to Pitt and the fact that Duke and Notre Dame are kind of fading, it, it might not be Louisville's year. But um, the bottom line is, Kyler, is we're going to find out like this weekend. I've, I've noted elimination games, and this weekend we have two. And, and I am going to define elimination games are basically where the um, one team that we have as a team that with potential is not favored in the game. Uh, and the games that, uh, that are elimination potential are Ole Miss at Georgia, Georgia being favored in that game. And if Ole Miss loses, Tennessee and Ole Miss automatically eliminated. And then Michigan and Penn State. And uh, if Penn State loses, obviously they're eliminated. And the truth is, every week, obviously, there are plenty of opportunities for all these teams to step on landmines and lose. But I'm just saying these are games where according to the odds makers, they are not favored. So most likely, if we take the likely scenario, those teams are going to be axed off. And then on top of that, the time will just run out. You know, if we end up with a Michigan and an Ohio State team being undefeated, you end up with a Washington and an Oregon situation, and then you end up with Alabama and Georgia, it's it's a pretty you know straight shot to understand who the top four teams um, are going to be. Probably the winner of Washington, Oregon, the winner of Georgia, Alabama, winner of Michigan, Ohio State, and if FSU wins, it'll be FSU. You know, it'll be a pretty easy, I think, a pretty easy solution. Um, I know that you said you know depending on what happens with Michigan and Ohio State, maybe you get two of those teams in, but. In the end, I think going into conference championship weekend and maybe even going into the last weekend of the season, we might realize that, oh, there are only seven teams with uh, with an actual shot. So um, t- time is running out. The hourglass, it is, it is slowly, the sand slowly slipping away. But let's live in the moment, Kyler. Let's talk about this week, this week's slate of games. Um, what, what's got you most revved up for the weekend other than the, other than the dogs Ole Miss, which is going to be just an epic match. I know you're going to Athens, but, but let's just, let's hold on that for a second and talk about, uh, yeah. What's the one game outside of that that you're looking forward to? I mean, I think it's gotta be Michigan and Penn state, um, you know, just the implications of this game. Um, the fact that Michigan really hasn't played anybody up until this weekend, um, and I want to see, you know, Drew Aller actually have a good game against a good defense. Um, I think that he's got all the ability in the world, and, and it's at it's at they're in Happy Valley noon kickoff. So I don't know if that you know lends to their favor, but you know, really want to watch that game to see what Michigan's truly about. Um, they um, are very very good against the run. Penn State is. Um, I think that they're averaging, you know, I think it's two point seven, two point eight yards per carry. Um, on the defensive side of the ball. So that really, you know, that's what Michigan does best is, is run the rock. Um, you know, Blake Corum, they have uh, Donovan Edwards as well. Um, 
J.J. McCarthy's no slouch, but being able to take away that run game is crucial um, when playing Michigan. Um, so uh, that, that's the game that I'm probably the most excited about is just to see that one um, noon kickoff. So um, should have time to, you know, get eyes on that game, hopefully. And then, um, you know, Tennessee, Missouri kind of pops off at me. You know, I want to be able to scout out Tennessee, want to see if Missouri bounce back, bounces back after um, a loss to, to Georgia, um, see, see what they're, um, you know, if they can just finish this season strong. Um, and I think that will do. Um, I think it'd be, it's more important for, for Missouri to do well um, you know, throughout this, the remainder of the season rather than Tennessee, um, just to kind of bolster our resume in case some crazy stuff happens there in Atlanta and, and we need a, need a quality, quality win. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll be rooting for Missouri, not only because of that, but just because of my um, simple disdain for, for the boys in orange. So, uh, but those are the games that I've kind of got circled on the calendar that, um, you know, I'm the most excited about. There's a few other games that, you know, I definitely, you know, Arizona, I'm enjoying this, you know, um, this improvement week to week and, and seeing, you know, how much better they can get um, Alabama and Kentucky, uh, you know, they're in the bluegrass state. There, there's been some miracles that, that have happened up there. So who knows, maybe something, you know, absolutely crazy happens up there, but, you know, I do see Alabama taking care of business, um, quality defense, um, you know, tough quarterback to get a hold of, uh, really starting to play some, some old man football, um, you know, bringing it back to, um, really, you know, pounded it out on the ground. And so, um, yeah, they've been terrific recently. So um, they're going to be going to be a tough opponent for, for Kentucky this weekend at, down to the Kroger. But but what about you? Are there any other games that, that kind of really, really stick out to you um, on the schedule this weekend? Definitely. Uh, I think this has been a, this is a pretty good slate. As you say, Michigan Penn State is is the uh, other, I think, top matchup um, two top 10 matchups. And that is one of them. Uh, but uh, games of games that you didn't mention, I would say Miami, Florida State, uh, an old kind of rivalry. And while Miami has looked all over the place, uh, I do think that they've shown potential at times to to be a competent offensive team, which is, I think, what you need to do to beat uh, to beat a team like Florida State. But um, Florida State, I think that's you know one of their last big hurdles that they need to to clear because honestly, going to the swamp the um, the swamp is never easy. But Florida looks really faded. Uh, and speaking of the Gators, uh, I am interested to see them play at LSU. I'm not. It feels like the the wheels have come off since they played us. And listen to this, Kyler. I mean, their final games at LSU, then they have to go at Missouri. Then they do get Florida State at home, but right now I, I would not. My bet is not on the Gators making a bowl. They're five and four right now, and that is a. It's not an easy way to finish the season. That, that no other way to put it. Um, so yeah, I'm interested to see if they show some life. And you know, this does. I, I think that Florida has been able to show that they can be efficient on offense, especially if they're playing a more lowly defensive team and LSU hasn't been able to stop anyone. So who knows, maybe it's more entertaining than what I'm seeing. Uh, and then you, uh, Washington starts a, starts a difficult stretch. They play Utah. And so it's, it's really important, I think, for Washington to, um, to get these wins, you know, to, to keep stacking them up because um, if we end up with, 
Uh, yeah, for, for undefeated, that's great. But, you know, it's also possible that um, it just with the, with the way things go down, that maybe a one-loss Washington team might still be able to sneak in. But I do think it's incumbent on them beating Utah and Oregon State and Washington State. Um, and then if they split with Oregon, who knows? But, um, yeah, those are the games I'm looking at. And um, just to kind of note, uh, we picked Washington nine and a half versus Utah. We did pick Arizona minus 10 and a half versus Colorado. And of the games we mentioned, we also picked LSU minus 14 against Florida. The other games we mentioned or we picked this week in our six pack, Kyle, or we are picking, I should say, Oklahoma State minus two and a half at UCF. We're big Oklahoma State believers. We think that they've righted the ship after looking just horrendous at the beginning of the year. NC State minus two and a half at Wake Forest. Another team that really started off shaky but has figured things out and seems to be playing much better. Uh, Kansas minus three and a half versus Texas Tech. And Kansas just continues to roll. There's a team, they're a team that is um, a quiet seven and two, but uh, very, I feel like one of the better, um, you know, better teams of that mid level ranked teams uh, left. And so uh, we're sold on on the Jayhawks. Any any other thoughts, Kyler, before we get into this Georgia Ole Miss contest? I mean, yeah, I mean, so, you know, Kansas, I, I thought I was very impressed last week, you know, going to Iowa State, um, having a, a drive um, at the end of the game to, to win, just, just absolutely, you know, uh, no flinching in that squad. And so I feel like that was a big confidence builder for this team, you know, stacking that on top of the Oklahoma win. So um, I, I had to go with Kansas even after Texas Tech ha- had a pretty good win last week against TCU. Um, so I'm going with the Jayhawks there. Um, NC State, I feel like they're they're much more improved. I feel like they're, you know, one of those teams that, um, you know, finally has the right guy at quarterback with MJ Morris and, um, you know, just not, not a – not a fan of this Wake Forest team. Don't think they're very good. And so I think two and a half is, is more than enough um, points for them to cover um, in this game. Oklahoma State, like you mentioned, um, you know, they have really turned this around. Had, had an amazing win last week uh, in Bedlam against Oklahoma. Um, and so uh, I've got them over UCF, who, who is not a, a bad team at, by any means. But, you know, two and a half points, I think that they're up to the task. They're, they have – a uh, full season ahead of them, a lot to play for. So I think a motivated Oklahoma State team comes in there and and and, and knocks off UCF and Orlando. Um, and then, yeah, LSU. Um, you know, mainly because Florida um, has been slipping is why we have them minus fourteen. Um, you know, Jaden Daniels still a great quarterback, um, solid offense. So I, I do see them being able to you know, cover that fourteen against Florida. Um, you know. You mentioned it as well, much like Oklahoma State, Arizona starting to, to, to right their ship a little bit. Um, big game there in Boulder, you know, probably going to be another electric atmosphere there um, with the primetime effect. But, um, yeah, just the way that they've been playing and, and improving week after week, uh, I feel like they're kind of peaking at the right time. So uh, I got Arizona in this game against uh, Colorado covering 10 and a half. And then, um, then yeah, Washington versus Utah. Uh, I just don't think that Utah is is very good, um, and and I know that 
Michael Penix week in, week out, for the most part, has been you know, delivering. And so um, I, I've got got Washington in, in that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's the six-pack right there. Um, feeling feeling good about it. Hopefully we can we can crack that 500 mark uh, this week. Um, yeah, hopefully no one has, has you know, put their 401K on, on our bets this year. Um, it's, been, it's been pretty tough out there. Yeah, 26 and 32 and two, Kyler. But hey, we're, we're still at least with the ability to get back to 500. Uh, there still are opportunities at hand, but just like teams slowly sl- seeing their college football playoff hopes slip away, we are seeing our opportunities to get back to 500 slip away. So we better make make moves and make them quick. Feeling good about these bets this weekend, but yeah. As as Kyler mentioned, don't bet your 401k on this. All right, KC, let's move into the, the big boy, the big contest of the weekend. You're going to be there. You're going to be in Athens, Georgia. The dogs welcoming number nine, Old Miss to town. Jackson Dart, a very good offense. I don't know. I mean, it, I guess I, the question that I have is, how's Ole Miss's defense, Kyler? Um, and and maybe start out by talking a little bit about um, what you think they might be able to do on the defensive side to neutralize Georgia. Yeah, I mean, they are much improved the last couple of years on defense, um, you know, under Lane Kiffin. Um, but, I mean, I still don't think that they could ha- hang with us. I mean, you look, look back to the LSU game, um, gave up. 49 points to, to that team. Uh, just not a good outing. Uh, you know, I watched some of that Alabama game. Alabama was finally in the second half, able to kind of dominate this team. Um, Texas A&M last week, you know, had a good good game on offense. Uh, Max Johnson had a solid game there, kind of kind of picking them apart. So um, I do see, uh, you know, us being able to pick them apart as well. Um, yeah, I think that they're going to have a tough time um, stopping our passing attack. Um, they've been they've been proven to be weak in it, in that department. So um, yeah, this could be a be a popcorn affair um, where you know it, it's just an offensive uh, you know battle. But you know, in the day, it is a Georgia defense, and yeah, we don't really see many of those uh, high scoring affairs like we did against uh, you know, maybe Ohio State's the last game I can remember it being pretty brutal, you know, back and forth with, with a lot of offensive touchdowns. So, um, you know, as far as their, their defense goes, um, I, I'm not sold on them. I'm not sold on them. And I think that we're going to be able to do what we want to do against, against Ole Miss. Well, I think that's hugely crucial because I think on the other side of the ball, that's where, where it's really going to be won or lost because, I think we know Georgia's going to put up the points. I think there are very few defenses that could stop the dogs, and I honestly do, don't believe that Old Miss is that defense, but I, I wanted to get reassurance from from my partner in crime. So uh, let's move to, I think, where we're really, as I say, the game will be won and lost, and I think that's Old Miss's offense versus our defense. I mentioned them, Jackson Dart, um, Quinshawn Judkins, uh, a lot of receivers to to throw their ball around to, and Georgia's has vulnerabilities on the defensive side of the ball. Um, does Old Miss have the firepower to keep it interesting? And do you think that they exploit the defense some? 
Absolutely. I think that Lane Kiffin's going to come into Sanford Stadium with a heck of a plan and try to take advantage of matchups, that miscommunication that we were talking about in the defensive backfield. I think that he's going to try to make things confusing for them um, on that side of the ball. Um, you mentioned it, Jackson Dart. Um, he's had a great year so far. Um, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, can do a lot um, with his legs as well as, as a running threat. So, um, you know, that which scares me a lot. Yeah, you know, considering what we saw last week from Brady Cook. Um, you know, Quinshawn Judkins is he he's a very patient back and sets up his blocks. And then when he gets his um, you know, he sees that hole, he's able to hit it so hard and, and, and he loves contact, can absolutely just lay the wood, um, you know, as a ball carrier. So which is he he's very impressive to watch. Um and then they have a great change of pace back and Ulysses Bentley. Um, transfer from SMU has come in, done a terrific job. He's averaging about six, a little under six yards a carry. So, um, you know, two running backs that, that can both get, get the job done, as well as a quarterback that um, is not afraid to tuck it and run and make some plays with his legs. And then, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, I know a lot of people have talked about Luther Burden and how great he was, but I mean, I think that they have a guy that rivals him as well, and Trey Harris. He's had an absolutely terrific year. Um, you know, I definitely recommend people going back and watching the last couple games and seeing how well number nine for Ole Miss played. I mean, he, he is a terrific talent, but, um, you know, I feel like our defense is up for the challenge. And so, you know, I do think that they'll get theirs, but, um, you know, I, I trust Kirby and, and, and how he coaches defense and his preparation each and every week. So I don't think it's going to be on the defense. It, if uh, if we do have a scare here um, in Athens on Saturday. Yeah. You think it might be the offense stalling out? Um. I definitely don't think it's going to be the offense uh, stalling out. I mean, it, you know, I, I, th- I think we're going to win. You know, I, I'm very confident in this dog team. I think that they're going to get theirs, um, you know, for maybe the first half and maybe we clamp down like we did last game. But, um, you know, Lane Kiffin's a great offensive mind, so he's going to have some plays that um, are going to be successful, potentially rip off a few explosives. Um, but but overall, you know, I'm, I'm confident that Georgia's going to win this game. Continue to improve uh, on the offensive side of the ball with kind of a, a makeshift team, but we're getting getting people back, getting people healthy. Um, hopefully, we see a Marius Mims out there. I think that he's going to be crucial and and you know helping keep keep uh, Carson Beck clean the rest of the year. But um, but yeah, I mean, how, how do you see it kind of going? I mean, is there anything about um, that Ole Miss you've seen this year that makes you think that you know oh this this could be this could be a tough one? Yeah, I mean, the bottom line is I, I think with with Ole Miss, it is on some level hard to totally discern who they are because I do think that the West is beyond – when you get past LSU and you get past Alabama, and then obviously you got Ole Miss there, the West is pretty, is pretty meandering. And so – the bottom line is they obviously beat LSU in that shootout, uh, lost to Alabama, and it wasn't all that close of a, of a loss. So when you look at that, you're kind of like, all right, um, they did beat Tulane going away on the road, but Tulane didn't have their starting quarterback in that game. So I, I don't know. There's nothing that pops off at, about LS, or about Ole Miss other than the fact that, like, they clearly are better than 
you know, 80 to 90% of college football teams. And I think you have to respect a team that's gone eight and one, they find ways to win. Uh, and so uh, obviously they, they have a really great offense. I think the great thing about Georgia is it kind of does play into our strength of we can at least neutralize an offense and we also can put up points. And so if we do give up points, we're not like Iowa who has to like has to play a certain way. And in fact, it's like, okay, we need to play a bit of a shootout. We can get into that. Um, But I don't think to your point, I don't think it's going to get there. Uh, I do think that they're going to get theirs. I think they might score more than Missouri. And, you know, I kind of see it being like a 48-31 game. And I think that we might score – I think it might be like 21 all at the half, and we kind of run away with it, but they get a couple late scores to make it somewhat respectable. But I don't know. I think that I think they're going to score more points than anybody has all year against us, but I still think that – I think it's going to be one of our best offensive outputs too. So I think we kind of see it similarly, but I don't know. Maybe you don't have them scoring as many points. No, I, I, I have us scoring, um, you know, right there in that ballpark. Um, I'm going to go with 45, only one field goal for, for our guy. Um, he doesn't, you know, Lane doesn't really like his special teams, um, guys. So I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with 45 to 28. It's going to be the final score of this game. Um, see it pretty similarly. Um, I think that they're going to get out and, and have some, some really good plays schemed up for us in the first half. Uh, we're going to see what they're trying to do, uh, make those adjustments, um, clamp down in the second half. Um, and then, you know, I, what I'm hoping to see is that, you know, Carson Beck does what he's been doing all year. Um, and, and that's, you know, sit back, pick apart defenses, um, you know, keep, keep safeties honest, um, and hopefully open things up in the run game. Um, and then, you know, what I'm really looking forward to is if we're in the red zone, we get a deep play, um, or we're, we're within the 20, I want to see us use that power run game. Um, you know, I don't want to see us getting too cute with uh, these little screen passes at Dominic Lovett or anything like that. Uh, I mean, those are, those are great, but you know, I want to see us try to absolutely manhandle their, uh, their defense up front and you know, show that we are the more dominant physical team um, in this game on Saturday. Yeah, Kyler. Uh, the bottom line is I feel like if, if we do that, if we are running the ball really well, I think that it, it's going to be a really great day to to be a dog fan. It's going to be a great evening in Athens because, yeah, uh, the bottom line is Carson Beck is going to throw. Uh, I think is going to have a good night. Um, he's he's done nothing to make me think anything otherwise. But uh, the run game has not always been consistent. So we get that, and man. Uh, yeah, I do think it, it could get ugly. And I think one more point I'll make on your point about Lane Kiffin kind of not liking special teams. It, it does bring me back to that Florida game. And, you know, Billy Napier played a really aggressive mindset against Georgia. And you saw what happened. Like it got out of hand real quick for Florida. And so I do think that there is potential that if, you know, the defense is playing pretty well, that maybe Lane goes for it and, you know, gets just stuffed or the bottom line is just, yeah, make some decisions early on that end up 
Um, you know, it's the aggressive move. It's what you have to do if you're trying to beat Georgia. But if it doesn't pan out, like it could flip really fast and and be not a game in, in just a few seconds. So it'll be interesting to see like how aggressive Lane Kiffin decides he wants to play. And I think typically it's super aggressive, but I don't know. I do think he's tapered on some level because um, I think he's realized that like you play that aggressive and it, yeah, you might win some games. Yeah. You might blow some teams out, but it might cost you some games too. And you just, you, you can't afford to, you, you know, lose that many games and expect to make the playoffs. So I don't know. A- any final thoughts from you, Kyler? No, nothing too much. I do feel like, you know, Ole Miss had a really good game last week offensively against AM's defense, AM top ranked um, yeah, defense in the SEC. So there's definitely a, a challenge here for this defense, but I think that we're up for the task and, and we'll be able to win this game in, in, in dominant fashion. Um, on Saturday. Yeah, we agree. And, and then it's going to set up hopefully a, a huge matchup uh, next week in Tennessee that basically I think really if we can if we can get win that test, uh, Georgia Tech is improved. But, man, uh, these these next two weeks, these hurdles are massive if you if you're trying to win a, a national championship. And it's kind of refreshing to see that we have these games. I don't think anyone expected uh, Missouri and Ole Miss to be ranked where they are uh, at this point in the season coming into Athens. And so uh, that's been nice too, because Athens, I feel like has not had, it's been a long time complaint that it's just not been the best home schedule. I think that's going to really change once we get into undivisioned and you have Oklahoma and Texas in the mix. Uh, there's just going to be a lot more opportunities to host a lot more really good teams. But at this point, and especially when you're talking Florida game is never, never in Athens. Uh, yeah, there's just a lot of times where um, the schedule hasn't panned out. So it's pretty sweet that the last two games in Athens this season are uh, are these badass games. And I will say that's going to give us a little extra juice, I think, senior night in Athens. So Hopefully the seniors come out and uh, and show out, knowing it's their last time to to suit up and for the red and black in Sanford Stadium. All right, for Kyler Carr, I am Matt Kerr. This has been the Dogs on Top, Even on Bottom podcast. Check us out on Instagram, the underscore D-O-T-E-O-B. And hit like, hit subscribe, do all the things one does when they're listening to a podcast as always we like to end the show with a little go dogs go dogs <laughs>